0: You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting slasher movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson.
1: And my name is B. McKenzie. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom.
0: We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how well it succeeds as a slasher film.
1: You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Screaming Cast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me online at b. Not b that's B-E-E, not B-E-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. This week, we are dissecting 2021's 13 Fanboy, directed by Deborah Voorhees. But first, our pop culture check-in.
0: For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movies this week, as well as life updates. Uh, I finally finished my Star Trek um, journey movie just, just the movies yes um i am a couple episodes into season two of discovery i started discovery before b she's farther than me now because i got sidetracked by the movies no
1: i just started season two. Oh, okay so yeah. then
0: we're like at the same spot yeah um i <laughs> this i don't know how many like sci-fi nerds listen to the show or anything and i i've I, i'm my group of friends is inherently very nerdy like my brothers are super nerdy the friends i grew up with are super nerdy like very very nerdy geeky group of people and i i told our friend bobby after i did the star trek binge and i was like you know what oh and i brought it up last week and i was okay. like overall star trek's better than star wars and, and i've had some mixed reactions about that um but i was like i think they go pretty neck for neck um if you're just doing the original star trek movies uh, i really like the original star wars trilogy and then i think everything after that is very hit and miss Uh, I love Solo and Rogue One. I think those are probably two of the best when you take it out of the Skywalker saga, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, And my favorite Star Wars is still Return of the Jedi, which is in the original trilogy. But having watched now all, I did the math, or I counted the other day, I think there's 13 Star Trek movies, which is a lot. I think there's seven of the original, well, six, and then Generations. Yeah, there's 13 of them. After watching all 13, I was like, I, other than the first one, I genuinely really, really had fun with almost all of, like, the Star Trek movies. Like, it has ups, like, ebbs and flows and ups and downs, but there was never a point where I was like, ugh, that was bad. Or, like, I was like, oh, I'm bored. And I thought the first one was kind of boring. Like, that was the only one I was like, I like seeing it, like, it's, you know, basically a ripoff of Close Encounters, but... I still ended up liking it because it gives me this insight into the crew cuz I haven't really watched the whole original series. So that's like your first introduction to them.
1: Well, and I think now I'm going to have to go back and watch do the movies like you, but I the movies get more. The show doesn't really delve into their individual personalities that much. No. It's really episodic.
0: Right. It's super episodic and like you had your big personalities and then you basically had you know Chekhov and scotty had catchphrases and like that was their thing and bones even bones is an amazing character in the in the movies yeah i
1: think in the movies all the characters get fleshed out way way more just than just than which is funny because usually that's my like my uh my love for tv is because you have so much time for like arcs and character development but like i feel like Star Trek kind of does the opposite, where like at least for the original series, yes, they don't dive in too much for each character in their story, and it's really just more about like what crazy, sh- what are they going to discover? Right, it was a monster of the week show. Yeah,
0: and like it was television was way different. It was way different because than like it is by now. the time Next Generation came around, storytelling had changed, yeah. and so it's Next but, Generation, yeah, you couldn't
1: count on people to come back. Like you wanted people to drop in. That was right. very important in the original series. You wanted somebody to just tune in. And if they missed last week, it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, it didn't matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like Next Generation had the advantage of different storytelling. So like those movies give further uh, like uh, depth into characters. But like it's all built on a foundation that you're already familiar with from the show. Um, But the movies, I think Bones ended up being my favorite. Bones and Spock. Like I just fucking loved Nimoy as Spock. He was so good. Um, The whole way through. And then just that Chris Pine, the Kelvin timeline trilogy. i like i don't under i was like logging on letterbox and like looking at things i'm like i just don't get the hate like i because it exists and too many
1: light flares that's the only thing uh, i ever remember is like people's issues with like abram's lens i will
0: say that motherfucker loves a lens flare even i was watching it and i was like i mean shit like that doesn't really bother me but there were a couple times where i was like bro like okay i get it but like i don't care because everyone's so charming in that movie literally everyone is so charming in that movie especially chris pine and i don't know how they magically found the one person who could be spock other than Leonard nimoy but But they did yeah Yeah. fucking nails it um yeah and like i i still think into darkness is the weak point in that series i like that movie but after especially watching the original i just i get they probably felt pressure because khan is such a popular character Mm -hmm. like Con in that movie is not Con from the original, and I get it's a different timeline, so they're like it's an alternate version of Con. I'm like, why is it Con? It right. just didn't need to be him. Yeah. Like it was, it felt like a weird shoehorn thing where it's like khan and I'm like, oh, it's an alternate version, and like then it get like Spock's able to give like a tiny bit of insight into into Con, but like even what Spock tells other Spock, he's like, oh, you can't trust them. I'm like, that was it. Like, Spock <laughs> could have told them about anyone. Like so, I was like, I don't know. But overall, like, I still really like that movie. Um, But I think one and three for that trilogy are just, like, stand out. Like, I think Beyond is really, really good. got overlooked a lot when it came out. It did.
1: I remember when we went to the theaters and saw it. We
0: saw it opening weekend, and then we were, like, one of, like, we were, like, two of, like, 20 people.
1: The theater was pretty empty, and, yeah, I think we might even, well, not opening night, but we saw it, like, Friday. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we looked around, and we're, like... What happened? I remember us
0: thinking, like, oh, no. Took too long. Because the opening week, oh, yeah, it took too long. That's what makes me worried about the fourth one a little bit.
1: I think now it's long enough.
0: Right. I think there's
1: been enough buzz about it coming out and people waiting. and Well, people have have gone back
0: and appreciated those ones. And
1: you have a whole new generation of people to watch it that
0: right and And now it's been what
1: 10 plus years since the first one came out
0: right and discovery and strange Mm -hmm. new worlds and picard are all doing well so there's a lot they have to be for them
1: to be pushing out this many star trek shows i think
0: paramount plus is carrying five star trek shows right now counting their animated and the short flicks ones that they're doing um yeah so i finished that so now i'm just diving into the whole like i want to do um discovery and then strange new worlds and picard um i also went and saw dr strange 2 anyone who's been listening a long time knows i'm a huge comic book nerd so i try to make every opening night for like pretty much any comic book movie um it's directed by sam raimi which like a lot of people missed like even my buddy tommy who's like very tapped into pop culture and stuff was like sam raimi's right like two weeks before so it came out yeah. yeah and i was like yeah well because scott derrickson was attached forever yeah and then he they, he left and like, he did the
1: first one right yeah, yeah.
0: And everyone liked him, and he's a horror guy. He did right. Sinister and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So people like him. and the, But Raimi came in, and, like, this is a full-tilt, like, balls-to-the-wall Raimi movie. Like, more than Spider-Man 2, like, it feels so much like Evil Dead and Dragon Hell, which are just, like, such, I love the irreverence in those movies. This is, like, I know Blade's, like, Blade is a superhero horror movie, but it feels like a horror movie mm-hmm. with superheroes in it this truly felt like a superhero horror movie like a very very good blend of somehow mashing that big epic like superhero marvel style with like genuine terror there was a point in the movie where i'm not gonna spoil anything for anyone but there was a point where something happened and someone actually screamed in the movie theater and it wasn't like to be funny like they were scared and i was like in a marvel movie and i was like that's pretty impressive so i i had to like I was excited about it going in, especially with all the multiverse stuff. And we got spoiled with that stuff with Spider-Man. Like, and I don't mean spoiled, like spoilers. I mean, we were like all so happy, crying tears of joy from mm-hmm. seeing all of our Spideys. But like, we, you know, there were some teases about what was going to happen to Dr. Strange. And, um, even without that stuff, like that stuff was cool. What ended up di- happening, but even without it, it's just like a really good movie. Um, it stands out on its own a lot. Um,
1: yeah, I saw our friend Aaron Dreis, um did, like, a little review on Facebook for it, and he's not a Marvel person at all. And at was all. like, I haven't seen most of the movies they're referencing, but, like, I saw it because it was Sam Raimi, and, like, he said he still got, like, a lot out of it. So yeah. it seems like there's, I think a lot, like, my partner Ben being one of them, like, that's a big thing, right, is, like, the overwhelming sense of oh my god i haven't seen like 20 all 21 of the movies that came before this and like i know they're trying to separate from that and like phase two but when you have like doctor strange 2 and like it's kind of hard to like be like well did i need to see wandavision and did i need to see this and this and this i actually
0: think that's why like they don't number uh movies sequels because so they can be like you don't have to see the first whatever You know, because we're going on Thor 4 here.
1: Yeah, well, and that's even how I felt about, like, Ragnarok. Speaking of Thor, I was like, ah, this could have easily been a standalone film. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't particularly enjoy the other two Thor films. Like, I've seen them once or twice. Um, But I really like Ragnarok a lot. Right. And I've seen that one multiple times. Well, I
0: think that's what happens when... Because I... There's not a Marvel movie I really dislike. Um, There's a couple that are at the bottom of the barrel. But I think the standout ones the ones that you always hear about and the ones that people like talk about the most are the ones that have directors who are able to establish a tone and a story that separates itself and isn't so tied in like when you get something like Black Panther or Mm -hmm. um you know with um with Coogler directing or when you get some James Gunn or Taika Mm -hmm. Waititi or like these people who are very distinct visionaries and like They find ways to be like, yeah, this is a part of an over like arcing universe, but these people have stories to tell on their own, and so I think that's what happens in Raimi's one. I mean, Raimi's always been one of those guys. Um, That's why everyone was blown away when he even went to Spider Man because it's like he's like such a weird, like artistic visionary dude and then he brought that to spider-man i'm honestly surprised it took him this long to bring him on i think he i mean he ducked out of hollywood for a long time though Mm -hmm. i think he got overwhelmed by the system because he didn't you know free spider-mans hated making the third one and also was like reviled by critics
1: right and well yeah and there was a ton of interference on that one yeah
0: like nothing he wanted to do was done in it and then he got to make drag me to hell which was like a return to form but, you know, like, a lot of... I haven't looked into that, but a lot of times it's, like, studio trade-off where it's, like, well, you can do that if you do this. And, like, I'd be interested to know if it was, like, if you do Spider-Man or if you do Oz for that one. Um, he did Oz. Oz the Magnificent or whatever. Oz the Great and What... James I can't James remember Franco. James Franco. That's Sam Raimi. And that movie does not feel like Raimi at all. And I think he, like, lost his vision a little bit. And, like, it happens, though, when you have these, like, directors... Because you have yeah. these big visionary directors who get big... And some of them still are so um, selective with their work. Like I don't, you're never gonna see a David Lynch movie that doesn't feel like a David Lynch movie because he's only gonna make what he wants. To right. Make. But you get these guys who sometimes get caught up in the system, and they're able to carry their flair for a while. But like, look at Tim Burton.
1: Or like, I mean, I'm not sure, but sometimes that's the only way you can get access to like certain IP that you might want to work with, oh, like yeah. Spider Man. No, exactly. Like, like, like huh? Yeah. Like, you're going to let me do Spider-Man? Wolf, okay. Yeah,
0: like, or like I said, there's like, sometimes there's weird deals where it's right. like, I really want to make this movie, but I have to make this first. Like, I know Wes Craven had to make, I believe, actually, Scream 4 was the only reason they let him make a My Soul to Take, because My Soul to Take was a movie he wanted to make, and the studio was like... Bless you for that, Wes. <laughs> the studio was like, we don't believe in this movie, and he's like, well, I'll do Scream 4 then, and they're like, yeah. okay um yeah we have mixed feelings about that movie but um but it happens sometimes and yeah. so like i think this is really i really hope to see more of Like uh, he's always been one of my favorites like i remember when drag me to hell came out i like i really like the original evil dead but i didn't grow up on it um so like it's something i had to come into older mm-hmm. but drag me to hell i saw the day it came out and i just remember being like i fucking love this movie how like irreverent and weird and like bonkers it is um and then obviously I grew up with a Spider-Man movie. So I'm I've, I'm a Raimi fan, but not in the traditional sense. Like, I didn't come in on Evil Dead. Um, yeah,
1: I didn't either. I didn't watch Evil Dead until later in life. Um, and then, yeah, I was a massive Sp- Tobey Maguire Spider-Man fan. Like, loved Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, including the third one. Um, I absolutely loved them. I mean, I was pretty young when those came out. Um, I also saw Drag Me to Hell. I don't... I didn't see it in theaters, but it was definitely one that like as soon as it hit the new release rack at the video store, I paid like the full $5 to rent it as soon as it came out. I need to revisit it. I didn't like it when I watched it. What what is that? 20, 2009?
0: Yes. Yeah. That sounds
1: right. So, it's about that time. That's right when I was really starting to get into horror and I was like consuming like everything I could new release wise and I hadn't quite I was starting to find well I was starting to figure out that I loved slashers and teen screams and like that style of of horror specifically um and dragging hell didn't resonate with me with that at the time but I had also never seen evil dead at that point um and I think I just didn't get it um, it's definitely something I need to revisit because I think I'd probably appreciate it a lot more, um, now understanding not only him as a director, but sort of the genre as a whole. Um, I think I can appreciate some of that more, um, you know, cause it's, it's kind of like dry and like, almost, and like comedic, but in a very, uh, like horror way uh, and it's different, in a very Evil Dead way. Especially, yes. like, evil, like, not even just the first one, but specifically, like, 2 and Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. where it has this really sort of, like, off-the-wall, like, this is over-the-top and funny, but it's serious. And right. this is, this is, somebody's dying, and they are going down into a portal of hell. and Yeah,
0: like, no, he does, like, yeah. weird stuff. Like, but it's weird, really and, irreverent. like, you don't, yeah, you yeah. don't
1: really know how to react if you don't, um if you don't understand it and i definitely like my palate wasn't there at at 17 for well, sure Well, especially
0: you were coming like you're that was like i want teen slashers no exactly like yeah. i
1: said i was really starting to sort of uh build my my horror knowledge and and figure out like what my taste was and because mm-hmm. it was 2009 yeah 100 percent, it was like you know where's friday the 13th where's texas yeah. where's you know Where's Nightmare, I was, like, going back to all those 80s slashers at the time and, and learning about those and watching every teen scream I could get a hold of. and.
0: It's funny because, like, now thinking about that, like, if I, because, you know, similar to you, just, like, fell in love with Scream and the teen scream movies that came out around that era and then, you know with access to we were very fortunate to grow up very close to a movie store that had a great selection mm-hmm. and a very good it was five dollars for five movies, mm-hmm. anything older. And so you could you could consume a lot if mm-hmm. you for very little money. And so, you know, like, we'd go, and, like, that's when I just started, like, absorbing 80s horror, Mm -hmm. because 80s was the slasher era. It was the slasher factory. So I got to catch up on Halloween and Friday and Nightmare, and I was, like, overloading on that. And it's funny to look back now, because I bet, like, movies that I love now, if you had showed me It Follows back then, I would have been like, oh, boring, turn it off.
1: No, I for sure wouldn't have... There And there was definitely certain, like, I remember Teeth I rented right when it came mm-hmm. out, and that was, that was a big deal, and I loved that movie, and it was definitely one of those movies that made me feel like, yeah, I'm into horror movies, like, yeah, I saw this, and I really liked it, like, right. you know, and then Jennifer's Body, same, like, 2009, mm-hmm. like, all that stuff, like, I was just getting teased it a little bit, but definitely hadn't come into, like, understanding, you know, I grew up on, you know, thrillers, and my mom watching freaking, uh, my mom was obsessed with true crime. What was unsolved mysteries oh, and like yeah, yeah. all that stuff, and and was very into thrillers and psychological horror. Um, my God, like anything like that, she could get her hands on. And so I really tried to like define my own taste, um, which was very different from those things, very different, and still is. Like I I appreciate a good thriller for sure. I love a thriller. Oh, yeah, you do. But uh, uh, psychological horror and stuff like that, I just don't. And true crime especially, that it's just not never something I've developed a taste for. And maybe it's because I was just oversaturated to it as a kid and I was, like, turned off to it. But, um, yeah, it is interesting to think, like, hmm, would I have liked this if I watched it when I was
0: 17? I don't know. That's why I always try to, like, come back to movies that didn't yeah. sit so well with me. At least oh, yeah. once. Like, there are movies that I straight up know I'll never like, especially, like... There are some Well, look we... at
1: both of us with Valentine. Yeah. Before we covered it for the podcast, both of I, both of us hadn't seen it in
0: years. Yeah. And we both like remembered it being like. Not,
1: yeah. Not, I was not, like, not oh good. no, no, no. That yeah. movie was so silly, like his eye crying in yeah. the end. Oh, yeah, like yeah. that we... like stayed in my memory. I was like, no, that movie's not good. I found
0: like... an article I wrote for Shock Tell You Drop about that movie before we years before we covered it. Yeah, wait. And I was like, talking about how bad it was yeah because i was like just stick to my bloody valentine and i was like oh Ryan, what were you doing <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and then we watched it and i was like wow this movie is so good this movie's yeah, dope i was like jimmy like, Blakes, i'm sorry yeah jimmy Blakes, i'm so sorry like i take it back like just sometimes you just need like either your taste need to develop or and like ryan and i talk about all the time definitely starting this podcast has made us like bigger appreciators of film in general mm-hmm. but there's definitely still movies we watch where we're like
0: nah like yeah,
1: not not for, us. not for me I'm like, never
0: I, you know what and I keep watching them but I'm never gonna be into Lars von Trier. he's just not my dude yeah like which is funny because one of these very close friends oh this I is mean, like like my her favorite her, Ooh, her name's Lauren yeah. um loves to function. yeah and i i just asked her one day i was like what do you know like about it yeah and Lauren it was loves
1: like, the movies that just fuck you yes up. that's
0: what she said oh like she likes the emotional devastation no, i was mm-mm. like no thank you yeah he
1: did um melancholia, melancholia. so yeah. i did like that one that's the only one i've that's the yeah. closest
0: i've got to liking a movie yeah i did not like nymphomaniac i did not like the house of the jack bell i did i really really truly hate antichrist um like actually hate that movie yeah
1: i've never i tried watching um um, Neck, What is it called Nymph- again? Nymphomaniac. Nymphomaniac. because I really like Shia LaBeouf. And, like, I think I got, like, 30 minutes into it. And I was like, oh, it's not for me. Like, I'm going to pass. But um, I haven't watched his other stuff. But I did like Melancholia. Um, it's definitely never a movie I'm going to watch again. Nope. I was just like, oh, yeah. I yeah i used to watch a lot more of the like this is gonna fuck you up movies but you know i'm just a little too fragile these days i just
0: yeah me too i'm just like it's too much for me i,
1: <laughs> I got enough shit going on in my life i don't need to be the fucked up by depressed. a movie yeah
0: depressing. i guess sometimes you can watch them. and be like well the world's not that bad yet but we keep swerving into this weird dystopia where i'm like oh no we're matching it yeah like, oh, like uh, wait gonna... this could happen yeah i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna move the other direction i'm gonna be like look at this world where people fly and like aliens help stop like world devastation yeah that sounds nicer
1: yeah sometimes what was i watching it's a horror movie my god i can't remember the name of it i know we talked about it on the podcast it's like three or four years old and it's like about kids it's like an indie horror flick um it's was sort of like the bike kids era right and it's okay
0: oh oh super dark times yeah yeah Okay. I love that movie.
1: Super good, right? So I really yeah. like that movie. It's definitely one that, like, ends... Oh, it's bleak. Yeah. yeah. And uh, It Comes at Night, another one. That movie is just so bleak. And I think I watched those, like, pretty back-to-back. And both times, like, <sighs> Ben, like, came in or, like, like watched, like, the last parts of them with me. And it was like oh my god, I'm so depressed now. Like, I'm just bummed out. Like, why did you watch that? Like, aren't you bummed out? I'm like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty big bummer.
0: Sometimes those ones, though, they're bleak, but it's not like, it doesn't hit you in the face with the whole movie. Right. So you walk away with the, a different feeling. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's a different level.
0: Uh, shout out to Luke Petrosky and Ben Collins, by the way, who wrote Super Dark Times, um, their new movie, The the Night House is on HBO Max. Go check it out. I'm mm-hmm. friends with those guys, so I had to check it out.
1: <laughs> friends with those
0: guys. Well, I I just particularly really love those guys because we bonded over. They're both really into comic books. Love it. And no, so, I mean I
1: really yeah. really like Super Dark Times. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so when the, trust I me, me like not again.
1: remembering the name is not an indicator right. of shit. When I, <laughs> so when
0: I saw them, you know, get a theatrical release with no, the, awesome. David Bruckner. that's awesome. I'll was have
1: like, to check it out.
0: Yeah, it's bleak. <laughs> <Obviously>, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah.
1: I'll have to check it out when Ben is not around.
0: <laughs> um, would you watch? Would you read? Would you?
1: Okay, so I. I... Something
0: I saw you post about it.
1: Oh, I did. Yeah, Seven Days in June, um, by Tia. Let me look up her last name. So I read that Uh, Tia Williams uh, I really really liked this one I've been trying to read more romance which is like very out of my uh, wheelhouse for books I mostly read books where like the spouses are like killing each other Um, I'm a massive like Thriller, like mystery thriller. Um, Reliable
0: narrator. Yeah, love those. I mean, those
1: don't really exist anymore. That fact kind of died out, but. Yeah,
0: because it got done to death. Yes, it
1: did. Uh, But, uh, so I've been trying to read something besides just mystery. So I've been trying to read some more romance, some lighter stuff. Um, So Seven Days in June, it was a, Reese Witherspoon has a book club. Mm -hmm. um, And. They specifically highlight female authors and they often they make a priority to highlight like um, women of color, which I love. Um, And so it definitely gets me to read things like out of my wheelhouse that I normally wouldn't read. And I also love it because it's showcasing a lot of authors that would never get that kind of attention um, without Reese Witherspoon saying, hey, go read this. Um, So this was a Reese Witherspoon pick. Um, and so it's about, um, Eva Mercy, who is, we find her living in New York City with her daughter. Um, she's divorced, um, and raising her daughter alone. And she writes essentially like a Twilight-type book series. Um, it's like... Star-crossed lovers. I think one's like a vampire and one... Or they're both vampires. And uh, she's like working on like the seventh installment. And she makes enough, but really she has to churn out another book to like keep the bills paid. Um, She has to attend a ton of events and really work super hard to keep her career afloat as a writer using this series it's called cursed and they have a big fan base and she has an invisible illness she has like debilitating migraines that she's on extreme medication for and it's something she keeps very private and something that affects her her daily life so that's where we find her it flashes back to her childhood. Um, and we find out the story of like her mother who, you know, was a, like a pageant, a pageant queen, miss, miss something. I forget what state it was. And basically just used her beauty to get them by in life. Um, often meant staying in abusive relationships because they supported her and her, her and Eva. Um, and, while in high school, um, she meets Shane Hall, um, this sort of troubled boy, and we find them. We flash back to seven days in June with them as teenagers, and then Shane unexpectedly pops up at a literary event for her in the current time, and they haven't seen each other since they were teenagers, and so we get to find out more about who both of these characters are from teens and their story and how they connect and then this like storyline of them together in the now um he's also a writer but in the opposite he's like kind of like the bougie like i can't like kind of like brett easton ellis like writes these like really critically well received and doesn't have to do any press and just write something That gets a ton of attention, and then he can just disappear for five years and then put out another novel. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, has a much different career as a writer. Um,
0: What a fun life that would be. Right? (laughs) Like, there's not very many of those, but, like, there's a couple, like Alice. Yeah, exactly, where you just... Michael Chabone, or, I mean, even the guy who did uh, Virgin... Suicides, um, Jeffrey Eugenides. Uh-huh. It'll just pop up on yeah once every six years. Here's my new book. Bye. Yep, exactly. Yeah.
1: And then just not do any of the press. of a much different world. So it's a really great romance between these two characters. Um, I really liked the perspective of hearing like two authors. I loved that um, you know, she's like a single, like black woman who's like wealthy but has to work really hard for it. And we have this whole thing with her daughter. And because she grew up sort of in this really troubled situation, she makes a lot of effort to make sure her daughter doesn't grow up that way, almost to her detriment. Um, It touches on so many things. And I just really – I haven't loved a a book like this in a really long time, just one where you just – yeah, I mean, you just fall in love with every single character. It's such an interesting storyline. It feels so realistic without sort of being heavy handed in like the messages or saying, like, oh, look at these struggles or look at this scenario. Like, they bring up really topical things that are going to affect people in that demographic, people in that type of like career. Um so yeah, just every part of it I really, really love. So I super recommend it. Seven Days in June, um, by Tia Williams. That
0: sounds good. Um yeah,
1: it was really good. Um it was I think I read it in like a day. Um it was super good. And I am like 45 minutes out from finishing a like very interesting mystery that I just got like big the big reveal of who who done it. Um, before I headed over here to record, and it's definitely like probably gonna stay up late to figure out like how it all gets wrapped up.
0: And she um, might do Anne Rice. Yeah, I asked <laughs> Ryan today. She was like, Have you ever read Anne Rice? And I'm like, Yeah, like I did have an Anne Rice phase actually. Um, forever, I just, I, oh, it's so sad there's not enough time because it's like the things you lose with things, right, with work and everything. Because like I used to read so much, and I just like with all the things I love. Like, you cut things out. Like, yeah. video games are basically gone for me, except for yeah. the random nights where we jump online to play something. And then, like, it's, like, movies and television have become my loves so much. And then, you know, music. I, pr- I try to pri- – even music, though, I try to prioritize. And, like, I find myself, like, just, like, being, like, oh, I meant to listen to that album. I haven't got around to it. And books have yeah. fallen by the wayside. But I went through a big – when I was a kid, I read a lot. You know, pre-internet, pre-responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And so um, – I, like, devoured all the Stephen King stuff that I'd already got my hands on. So I was like, all right, who else is horror? And I jumped into Anne Rice. And that was a big difference in writing styles to go from Stephen King to Anne Rice because they're both good in their own ways, right? But Stephen King, to me, is such a world builder it, in a very different way, in a very human way, in a very, like, person, individual way. And Anne Rice is, like, she does develop characters, but it's, like, it be- it's a world. It's a very big, like, she reminds me of Tolkien, but not yeah, I was gonna boring. say. Yeah, yeah. like because Tolkien bores weird. me. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, I never read Lord of the Rings. When I really liked the movies when I was younger, and I just remember when one of Brian and I's first conversations, he was talking about reading Tolkien. And he's like, "It's fifteen pages describing what the bridge looked like."
0: Yeah, it's and then
1: that's it. The bridge didn't matter. It yeah. was like that's the bridge. Yeah,
0: and I think Anne Rice does. I that, think about but, that all the time. But Anne Rice does it with a little more consequence. Like she spends a lot of time describing things, but like i feel like it matters more um i read probably four or five of our books yeah uh like it was like uh interview with the vampire Lestat. And then i like the whatever ones queen of the damned right the bo- the big ones yeah bodies then then there's like a couple there's like fucking 10 of those but yeah yeah um but i i if you're going to jump in i say go with interview it's the first one anyways i think so
1: yeah i'll probably give it a try i have a hard time with reading horror um I definitely prefer to watch it. My imagination is really scary. <laughs> and so that's fair. um I find myself getting a lot more traumatized when I read horror like it I'm not like desensitized in the same way.
0: Yeah, Cemetery fucked you up. Oh
1: man, yeah. It really did. I still think about that that book sometimes. And the, you know what? That's funny because that's one of the books that really fucked my mom up too um because my mom was a big like stephen king fan and like a big reader and yeah she said like she couldn't sleep like, oh it's hard that one, that one carries days. a lot yeah. of uh, trauma yeah i also read it at a really inopportune time um don't read that book when you're pregnant with a your son um <laughs> just you know if anybody is in that position FYI. just fyi do not recommend um so yeah we'll, we'll see i always just try and throw in like a few things in a genre um that I'm not used to to try and get into it and especially with things like classics like Anne Rice where it is so like well beloved I always try and at least attempt those and see what I think so I'll probably try try that out um and then I'll talk about this mystery next episode um and get into it uh because I am excited to finish it up and then let's see what did I watch um so we watch Uncharted um, which is funny because when was like, oh, I think you and Ben don't really like that. And I was like, wait, Uncharted? Like, it came out?
0: Yeah, but you didn't realize it was already at the tail end of its theater. I yeah,
1: think. it's just one of those things. And I mean, I'm not really heavy on social media right now. And definitely, like, not being on Twitter as much has taken me out of sort of the film bubble. Like, my finger's not really, like, on the pulse anymore, which is fine by me. Um, but... I yeah I definitely didn't realize I feel like this movie has been coming out for like five years uh and I've seen a thousand fan posters for it and and a lot of talk and then now that it came out I was like wait I feel like it was all talk and then there was no deliverance at least in my avenues um but it's it's been a busy few months but I really liked it um so you know, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, fan of both of those actors. Uh, I should look it up. The girl from... Sabrina. Sabrina. Um, really liked her as, like, a main character in this. I thought that was awesome to see her in, like, a bigger role. As I really liked her in Sabrina. I really liked Jasmine her.
0: Jas Sinclair. She plays Roz. Uh, yeah. Wait, no. I'm Taddy kidding. Gabrielle. Taddy Gabrielle. She plays yeah. Prudence. Yeah.
1: Um, so... Yeah, that was... It was good. It was fun. It was just a fun adventure movie. Like, you just sit down and, like, pure popcorn flick um, Mm -hmm. and just had a good time with it. Uh, Funny, good action. Like, it looked good. Um, So, yeah, it was good. And I I enjoy any type of, like, pirate-esque adventure movies. Yeah, I thought
0: it was, like, just a fun adventure. Like, pure adventure movies.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too concerned about literally anything else no um we don't get enough adventure movies
0: adventure gets wrapped into action too much and i'm like but they're they're very different yeah like fast and furious movies are action movies correct um sometimes
1: there's adventure in them often but it's not like
0: it's not purely adventure yeah like adventure is like indiana jones is an adventure yeah it's not driving the plot right exactly yeah
1: and so yeah no it was super fun i liked it a lot um Huh, did I wa. I mean, I had to have watched something else, but I can't, I can't even think at this point. Nothing coming to mind. Nothing coming to mind, so.
0: Bryan Cranston was in The Journey?
1: Yeah, apparently, and also, yeah, the guy who plays Sam, um, Nathan Drake's brother in this movie, is from,
0: oh, from Outer Banks. Um, from Outer Banks, yeah. Yeah,
1: and so it was cool to see him in there. And
0: Noel North got a cameo, he's the voice actor for, um. Nathan Drake in the okay. In
1: the I knew it had to be a reference to something because in the movie he's like laying on a lawn chair. Yeah. And what's he say? Like it was basically like first time. Yeah. Like or like I've been through that too. I knew I forgot to like look it up. I was and like, okay, that means up, something. He's
0: in Pretty Little Liars. He's one of he's the. He's the dad. He's uh, uh, Troy's dad. Yeah. 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 Um, Nolan North pops up, which I loved.
1: That is funny. Good to know. I know. I was like, I said something I'm like, oh, like who oh, and like. We are PlayStation people. I've played on a PlayStation most of my life. Yeah. Like, ben
0: is a huge Sony yeah, guy.
1: My, yeah, my husband's a massive Sony guy. And I'm like, wait, who even made this movie? <laughs> and her and Ben were like, Sony? Sony. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I forget like, they make like, movies.
0: Because so all they do is Spider-Man. Yeah. It's it. and so it's once valid. In like three years. It's valid. I forgot yeah. that Sony they makes movies. They don't do a lot. Yeah, their movie division is very small. Yeah, they're
1: like, oh, huh, What popular video game do we have? Exactly. Need like a little big planet movie.
0: Uh, they should do an animated yeah. one. I would need, I still want to watch Ratchet and Clank. They did that as animated too. Oh, I've not seen that. Save it for the kiddos. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't watch animated movies anymore unless my children are involved because if she they, will have
0: to watch it the movie times.
1: If they do end up getting into it, then I've watched it, like, yeah, one million times. Although I'm very excited. I'm, like, think I'm finally starting to get the Scooby bug into Liam a little bit. I've been trying to force it on him for the last three years. And every morning I'll just put it on. Yes. And then... Or Spider-Man. Be yeah, man. or Spider-Man.
0: watch Spider-Man like, hey, like that, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So we watched um, Spider-Man... Um... Oh, the
0: Spider-Ears for the first time.
1: Uh, yeah, fully for the first time uh yeah very good really yeah, really incredible. liked it super yeah. super good um and liam thought so too because we watched it two times in a row
0: <laughs> well and it's got posty in it too that's yeah his, and it's got like yeah he loves posty yeah
1: for posty family so you yeah know, he
0: has a new album coming out in like three weeks i
1: do know yeah. duh i did not um, yeah but i'm excited he was on good mythical morning to promote it of course yes which was great yeah so it's just a mellow mellow week not up to my work life has been very 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 busy um so it's it's been just a lot of chill chill time i mean i feel like ben and i've been watching movies but i honestly can't
0: nothing that stands out yeah a lot about the movies you're watching i don't know there's
1: probably something good i'd be like oh my god yeah i watched that but i don't know that's what i get for not writing it down mom brain yeah mom brain but uh, I did watch this. I tried to get Ben to watch this, and he, he passed. So On this
0: one? On this one. On our movie for the week?
1: On our movie for the week.
0: So we moved stuff around. I know we told you guys it was going to be something. We told you it was going
1: to hell, to be. I think.
0: No. No. It was something else. Um, I don't know. I don't remember which one we told you it was going to be. But we are doing 13 Fanboy because we realized. Uh, happy Friday the 13th. Yeah, happy Friday the 13th. Um, we have our one singular Friday the 13th this year. Um, and we decided... Um, we're not ready to move on we are covering friday later
1: so we're decided that the friday that we are covering this year which is part three we're doing for the anniversary
0: right and we're doing it with uh hopefully if our schedules align aaron uh and brennan klein who have both been on the show before for the carpenter and brennan was on for alone in the dark um i mean brennan is our producer. And they are two of our very, very good friends. And we miss each other. So we're like, let's talk about this movie that we all love. Yes. Um, so we're like, okay, what else can we do? And Ben actually stumbled upon the trailer for this movie a couple months ago. Yeah. And was like, hey, look at this. I think you could do it for the podcast. And we're like, we can! So the movie is 13 Fanboy. It came out last year. Uh, the synopsis, an obsessed fan, stalks his favorite actors from Friday the 13th films and beyond. Mirroring his idol, Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Um,
1: little halloween release october 20th of 2021 um didn't do a box office it was um vod um or did it do a box office it had a
0: small small box, box office, office. Run. yeah okay
1: so it did have a small box office run for um looks like it's estimated at eleven thousand. Yeah. um budget i mean unknown this is like a purely indie film
0: this is a passion project yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah, like, so small that I could not find any, review, like, one score on Rotten Tomato, which was good, um, mm-hmm. but it was from a side a site I'd never heard of. Um, like, most of the usuals, even, Dread, like, Bloody, nothing really covered it, but Joe Blow had something, but I hate that website, so I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's just very, yeah, it's very small, it's very indie, which is surprising because usually something like this, even though it is, a, like, a passion project and very independent, like, I mean... It has like twenty Friday the thirteenth alumni in it. Um, so and usually... just
1: in even if they weren't in Friday the thirteenth other Oh yeah like notable like, are, like D Walls. Yeah, D Walls is huge. I mean yeah. come on.
0: Um I mean yeah she was the eighties mother. Yeah. So um yeah so like it had a lot of very notable people in it. Um but it just uh, came out to kinda of small fair. Um this poster is very cheap. <laughs> but I think, you know, like, I'll I'll probably say it a couple times throughout covering this. I think this movie does show its heart a lot. Whether or not, like, it, like, uh, you know, it does a lot with its heart. Whether or not, like, that succeeds is different. Whether um... the
1: execution is successful behind it. I actually think this poster is really good. Um, I don't love the type treatment, um, but we have our killer. Um, and this is like a legit studio shot. Um, this is like well lit. Uh, we've got our, which is often when we see images of our killer like half their face will be shaded and their head will be down in a hoodie. It actually kind of reminds me of the way the um, killer from most likely to die is presented. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where like half of the face is shaded. Um, so we see that, like, the blades glowing, like, shining off. And then we've got, like, a like a wooded area in the background. Um, so, like, composition-wise, like, showing off our killer, super cool. I really like the mask, too. Yeah, it's an um,
0: interesting mask. Like... It's kind
1: of like a pumpkin skull yeah,
0: yeah, idea. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and I believe, maybe you interpreted this a different way, but I believe they try and... Like, say that's the mask from because they can't use the mask from Friday the thirteenth. Oh,
0: I didn't pick up on that at all. There's a point like...
1: where like one of the characters wants D to sign it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And so I got the idea that like maybe this mask is from Friday the thirteenth in their scenario, or at least it's like because there's no imagery of Jason Voorhees no. or there's no imagery of anything. Cause... I don't think
0: they ever even say Friday they constantly call the characters by their names oh they do they say, say they friday say the 13th they say, and they
1: yeah. tag it um so i it was it's i mean probably a smart play they didn't want to get sued um yeah, obviously. Uh, and so i interpreted it as they were trying to say this was the mass, but maybe not in any case it is supposed to be at least a mass that's somewhat famous whether it's supposed to be from their version of friday the 13th or not um, I do think it's a successful mask. As far as the type treatment is done, so the font they're using is actually like a free font you can buy that's based off of the hand-drawn um, right. Friday the 13th font, which is not a font. It was something that was hand-done, um, and somebody created a font, which I've used uh, many a times for things. Um, so they used that font. Um, they altered it well um it's not strictly just typed out which I appreciate um the 13 is filled with blood at the top and then dripping out that effect is really done really well and it's got a texture like somebody like this is done very well somebody knew what they were doing and then some fans love you to death some fans love you to death that type is done in um Albertus which is the Halloween font it's John Carpenter's like go-to font um so definitely somebody knew like, what they were doing here. And then Death, again, has, like, a blood splatter in it. The biggest downside is, like, doesn't fully sell itself as a theatrical poster. It looks more like a... uh, Or, like, as a film poster, it looks more like a character highlight or something just because of the way that it is set up um, without, like, the full credits at the bottom. Um, And I don't love... The way the type is treated in the bottom left, with the some the tagline, some fans love you to death. Um, I think that's a great tagline for this movie. Yep. I um love the tagline. Yeah, I think with like minor tweaks, this is like in an, and that's just like from a pure graphic designer standpoint. Um, like thirteen fanboy, it's too high up on the page, but that's very very nitpicky. I am like highly highly impressed by this poster. Um, considering like the budget of this film right um this is definitely done by like a talented graphic designer
0: for sure and that's what i said like what i said like i think a lot of heart goes into this movie i mean obviously it's not like all these alumni were in this because they were getting paid yeah well it was they they enjoyed what was happening and you know um there's no sequels uh i think this is another reason a bunch of this uh, the crew came on for it deborah Voorhees is our director um and she played tina in friday the 13th a new beginning um so she is part of the friday crew um she also stars in the movie for a little while she has like a role in it um so yes she is our director um so a friday alumni she also wrote the movie with uh joel paul rising who hasn't really done anything uh other than this a lot of like DVD straight to DVD family fair uh there's a couple like random thrillers in there this looked to be his like first real horror movie um as it was with a lot of uh people because um, our score done by Thomas Sarai um he is German and all of his uh filmography was German except oh. for this all right it's like a lot of television um in a couple movies um I don't particularly remember the score in this. Uh, Which means it wasn't bad, (laughs) because it just didn't like stand out. Um,
1: Yeah, it's it's not super strong. Um, It's not used a ton.
0: Yeah, it's Um, very minimal. Yeah, it's
1: super minimal.
0: Um, Our cinematographer uh, is Ben Meredith. Uh, Well, there's two. There's Ben Meredith, who did last broadcast the TV show that was a horror show. That was like, oh god, early, early aughts, Um, like the 2010s and then also did the Never Hike Alone uh, ghost cut which if y'all haven't seen Never Hike Alone it's a fan film of uh, Friday the 13th it is very very good a lot of fun um, and they did a second one called Never Hike Alone in the Snow which gives us an idea of what the movie we've all like everyone's always been asking for like give us one of our favorite slashers in the snow because that would just be really fun um, more people need to see Prey or even Iced because slashers in the snow do exist yeah uh for all our christmas movies obviously but still it was cool to see jason out in the snow and then uh daniel zollinger probably has um one of the most impressive resumes he was camera crew for transcendence hell or high water maze runner like has done actually like quite a bit of work that's cool yeah uh and then lastly running out our crew is riley c morris um, who also has a pretty big credit Klausal. to their name colossal Yeah, the Anne Hathaway, Jason sudeckis movie, which looks like it's like a fun, goofy like movie oh, yeah. uh, about like two like about like giant monsters. And then you watch it, and it is a sucker punch to the heart about uh, alcoholism, alcoholism, yeah, and toxic relationships.
1: Yeah, uh, I loved that movie. That movie's fucking great. Yeah, and also you
0: know me. a movie is good. If it can make you dislike Jason Sidekis.
1: Yeah. He's like insanely charming.
0: Yeah. And he's awful in that movie. Yeah. So, um, definitely worth checking out. But yeah, so there are some like pretty big uh, things on there, but there's also a lot of a lot of like first timers, a lot of like coming from smaller projects, a lot of T V and street to T V kind of stuff, yeah. Love to see it. And a big ass cast.
1: A big ass cast, yeah. Um, so we have, um, Haley, uh, Greenbauer as Kelsey Voorhees, um, who's mostly in shorts before this. Uh, she plays our final girl as well as Dee Wallace, who is playing a fictionalized version of herself. Um, in the film, she's portrayed as being from Friday the Thirteenth, although she wasn't in Friday the Thirteenth. Holy moly, was she in like everything else in the eighties? Like everything. Like else everything in the else. 80s. Um, like specifically, yeah, Cujo, ET, The Howling Critters, like a lot of genre stuff. So it does make sense on like genre adjacent stuff. Yes. And then, I mean, her discography is so heavy, and I mean, it definitely stands out. Like she's she's really great in this. Like I really. Oh love yeah, this. she
0: even though every almost everyone on this cast has years of acting credit um she like to me is the standout best yes. actor in the yeah
1: movie. she's yeah her performance in this is really really great and definitely like as we get to the point where we start spending a lot of time with her like i got invested because i cared about her um loved her um we have Vincente DeSanti as himself slash the fan. And he is the director of Never Hike Alone, which was also brought up in the movie, which I thought is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays one of our killers. And then so does uh, Judy Aronson, who, again, version of herself, um, also plays the second killer. And she was Samantha in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Um, Here was
0: the weirdest.
1: This movie. is really, really weird. So Corey Feldman, who
0: who is Tommy? Yes, Hunkin who's Doyle, Tom,
1: Yeah, in, um,
0: in Friday Four. Not Tommy Doyle. Or Tommy, Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis yeah. in Friday Four. Yes,
1: uh, does not play a himself. He plays Mike Merriman. A
0: weird sleazy producer yeah like, like super weird
1: like oh i'm gonna give you money and then i get to see your nude scenes yeah like
0: makes numerous uncomfortable comments about sex and nudity yeah
1: he's i mean he's a red herring oh for sure like there's he's, so many, there the so many. <laughs> there's <like> so <laughs> yeah, many yeah there's a lot and he's definitely in this to make you think like oh it's the drain like he's the derange fan um the creepy producer um And, like, it definitely, like, like Ryan was saying, there is a lot of this stuff that happens in this where you go, like, okay, like, I totally get what they were going. Like, even that scenario, like, all the, they were definitely commenting on, like, the fact that, yeah, you put money into a film and, like, you think it gives you permissions. And I'm sure it happens even worse on these smaller yes, films absolutely. than it does because like there's
0: even there's a point where her boyfriend's like it was a hundred thousand dollars and she's like yeah it's a million dollar budget yeah. so like that's a yeah. tenth of our budget that's... all from one person
1: exactly that's so we kind of have to let him just do whatever he wants because he's giving us like, a tenth of the budget of this movie. Right. Um. So, like, I loved that they did all of that. I just thought it was very weird that they got Corey Feldman in yes, the movie.
0: I But I didn't it was,
1: play himself.
0: I th- Thank you. I thought it was so weird, too, because I was yeah. like, so this movie acknowledges the existence of Friday the 13th. Yeah. And all of these actors play versions of themselves. Yeah. Literally even going to horror cons to sign autographs as, you know, representing the characters. Yeah. Except Corey Feldman, who... Famously portrayed, yeah. Tommy Jarvis. So I was like, weird.
1: Yeah, it was a strange decision, especially because then you have Dee Wallace, who wasn't in Friday, but then is your final girl. Yes. Um, which is fine. Like I said, I loved her, and she's by my favorite part of the movie. But yeah, it was just a strange decision. I'd be interested to hear. Like, I'm sure it was intentional. Oh, like, yeah. Like, obviously. I like, um, part of me
0: wonders if Feldman was like, "I'll be in it, but I don't want to be me." right because i'm sure he's tired of that too
1: well yeah i mean he's one of those like kid stars that has had to play himself
0: right over and over <laughs> yes again. yeah
1: so i get it um we see kane Hodder unmasked which just that man just want to give him a big old hug um so who's playing himself i mean he plays jason in friday seven through ten um and then he also plays in hatchet
0: yeah um i mean he plays in I, if it's i were so to this his things. horror yeah. we'd be here for another hour yes uh, um only man to have ever played Freddy because he's the glove for freddie and jason goes to hell and then obviously jason and now leatherface because he is the mocap for leatherface in the texas chainsaw uh, video game coming out later this year so, so just cool. a fucking legend man.
1: Yeah. yeah no he is uh yeah and he just seems like the sweetest guy um, C.J. Graham plays himself, was Jason, and Jason lives in um, part six. He's a big boy. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, like, that's actually, I think Jason lives is slowly creeping up to be, like, one of my favorite Friday movies. It's one of the ones I come around to. I
1: really like six a lot.
0: Uh, I do, too, and I think I it's really I really enjoy
1: Tommy Jarvis. The Tommy Jarvis saga
0: yeah, is great. It is. But the adult Tommy Jarvis yes. we get in six is awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. It's a bummer that we don't get. We get three Tommy Jarvises. Yeah. Um, but I really... That's my favorite Tommy Jarvis. Oh, yeah. Me too. in part six. No, and
0: that movie's so goofy, but like in a way where it's like really tongue-in-cheek and it knows what it's doing. Like there's the whole car scene where she like shoves him down like, you know, in her crotch and he's like... Wr-r. It's like there's like goofy 80s comedy stuff in there, but it's still like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and I, I it's one of my favorite Jasons too. Yeah. I, I always thought like that Jason looked very big, like intimidating.
1: Well, yeah. especially coming off of Five...
0: Yeah, where we don't get a real Jason. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, it was cool to see. And also, like, you always hear these stories of, like, oh, the Jasons don't get along and all this stuff. So, it was cool to see Kane and CJ Graham on, like, in the same movie.
1: Oh, yeah. And I loved his whole scene at the end. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, Definitely one of the highlights as well. Yeah, his his whole part in the movie was definitely one of my favorites, too. Um, Lara Park Lincoln plays herself, Tina, in Friday the 13th, New Blood. Um... Tracy Savage, um, who was Debbie in part three. Um
0: the Ron Sloan as himself like, oh. He's I actually really like his character in this movie. Yeah, but his character in the in the movie he's in is like one of the goofiest characters.
1: Yeah, so Ron Sloan as Junior in A New Beginning. And then uh Drew Lady as Chris. That's the boyfriend. Uh who was in Never Hike Alone. Yeah, so who was I mean, our other like big red herring?
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. They throw like three at you. It's like the boyfriend, Chris, uh, uh, Corey Feldman, and then there's like a janitor character that shows up for a scene. Um. That it, like they're trying to like get you to think of could be one. Um. And then like almost for a second, I think they tried to throw like Kane or one of them at you, and I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> no. It throws it, it. It does like throw a lot out there, but I do like how much. I mean, just so much Friday alumni, and then even like. Keeping it with like Never Hike Alone, it's like that's mm-hmm. a Friday adjacent thing, which yeah. um, I thought that was cool to like bring all those people in.
1: No, I thought that was super cool to like combine those things, and yeah, I loved a lot of the stuff where yeah, they kind of make comments about the um, the con scene, yes, and, and fans, and fans, yeah. and you know, I think they say like you know, they say a lot of good things, like. They're not saying good things. They're they're. Um, what am I trying to say? Um,
0: they're bringing up poignant things. Yeah, yeah.
1: they you know they're bringing up a lot of things about the fandom. Like the, the horror is like an interesting fandom, and especially when you even get more specific when you're talking about like these franchises and, you know, it's, people are obsessive. Oh yeah,
0: I mean horror to this day is the only thing that maintains. Other than like Comic Con, you know, which has turned into movies but started as comic books, like horror is the only thing that's like multiple conventions in every state every year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, look at LA. That's the city of LA probably has like a horror con a month. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, Fran- the genre is like massive and it does get very obsessive. And like a lot of these, I'm sure a lot of these people are very thankful because they're able to make money but like right. the convention scene is a tricky one and like there are yeah. people overstep boundaries and
1: no and it's yeah it's like one of those double swords where it's like yeah like i get to go to these cons and i get to meet fans and when they're real fans it's really great and then when it's people who feel like i owe them something or yeah. that's when it's like oh god like you know yeah the people have a lot a lot of expectations at you for playing tina in Friday the 13th, New Blood, you know? Right, Where, you know, that's something. The other part I wanted to make sure I touched on is that, you know, because we're talking about characters from the 80s and we're now 30 years out from most of those movies, most of our characters are over the age of 45.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I would say the medium age in this movie is...
0: We're 40 years out right yeah but i mean like yeah. the eight, yeah. like the yeah, but,
1: yeah, yeah 30 plus years out we're like 40 depending on which movie it is right like, no we
0: have a general generally older cast yeah The entire and cast is 60 50 yeah. plus yeah. 55 50, plus yeah. probably yeah
1: it's great it's so it, i just kept thinking i'm like oh this is like refreshing to see people who aren't 30 Yeah. 25. Yeah. Not saying I don't love a teen scream.
0: Because we do.
1: Because I do. But it is really nice to have a slasher movie where my final girl is... A 60 plus year old woman.
0: Yeah. No, it it was really cool to see. And like, we don't get enough. And like, I know we talked about it forever ago when it came out. But like, one of the things I love the most about Insidious, and especially The Last Key, which a lot of people don't care for that movie... Um, but, like...
1: Lynn Shea it. stars in it. Lynn Shea stars in it.
0: And, like, to have an an older woman star in your movie as, like, your protagonist and, like, the anchor for your franchise. I'm all about that. That's yeah. That's fucking cool. We
1: well, yeah, ain't even having, like, Lori in Halloween now. Mm-hmm. Like...
0: Yeah. I think we're finally getting to a point where it's being embraced a little bit more. In the horror. Which... Yeah, in horror. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and in action a little, too. You know, we're getting Laura Dern and we're getting, um, yeah. you know... Uh, uh, Fuck, what's her name? oh my god sarah connor oh this is gonna drive me nuts we're gonna have to look it up who plays sarah connor linda hamilton i got it linda hamilton was who the is in resident
1: game. alien by the way oh is she yes
0: oh okay um you know what's funny is like my stepdad random tangent but my stepdad like never talked about women ever like he was just like he he loved fishing and like james Watt movies <laughs> and baseball That was like it hey, and never talk about women and i'll never get you know, like just it was after he had passed away at some point and my mom we're all sitting there talking about because the first rate one of the first radar movies i ever watched was total recall and it's because he rented it for us because he thought it was hilarious that a woman had three boobs in it and he wanted to show us <laughs> we're like seven you know and so but we're like talking about it oh yeah i remember when dad went into total recall she's like oh yeah he loved arnold and um we're like oh he did She's like, yeah, do you know why? We're like, no. And she's like, he was in love with him, Linda Hamilton. Like, he thought she was so hot. And so when she was in the Terminator movies, he got really in Arnold. Just like a random tidbit. But I like I that. I feel like that, that was
1: most like men with Linda Hamilton. Like, I feel like she was one of like. Oh yeah, the big like sex yeah. icons of yes, the especially she had to be, especially
0: because Terminator. Yeah, like, she's also, that whole
1: like wife beater scene where she's like doing pole yes, stuff. like and everyone like,
0: and like all I, right. I, 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 I've I know for a fact that I've seen documentaries, read like many queer awakenings from that yeah, scene like, too. So, oh, oh, yeah. hello. <laughs> um, no, so it's cool to see like an older cast.
1: It is. It's nice to see. It's definitely something that like I feel like horror is doing better uh than other genres are but i'm hoping it's sort of yeah it's yeah getting, it's getting out there a little bit like hey we can also see people of like any age like they're not dead
0: yeah <laughs> like I, you don't
1: stop living life right. once you turn 40 we're definitely
0: starting to see it, like a little more like action is starting like keanu reeves is not young no. you know liam neeson and taken is the. well first and
1: what of, like, that's thank you to millennials like we want to consume like right they're hitting our nostalgia buttons mm-hmm. they want to bring us the actors that we grew up on right and so you're welcome yeah to all of you 90s yeah. like 80s and 90s that's, stars do you think
0: sam neil jeff goldblum and Lord are in gonna be a drastic yeah Jurassic world yeah cannot exactly. wait
1: my ass is seeing that in imax <laughs> oh like,
0: that, that's an imax movie whew,
1: sure. i'm so ready yeah. um top gun like i'm so excited for that like
0: it looks good i I really like the first top gun too i Um, love top gun and val Kilmer is in it so i'm like stoked because i love him um yeah this movie uh back to this movie this movie's a meta slasher yeah um so you know it's it's interesting because no meta slasher is like really the same Like we have movies like Scream that are kind of self-referential that it still exists in their own universe, but in a universe where horror movies still exist. We have movies like The Final Girls that literally take you into a horror movie. Right. Um, We have movies like Leslie Vernon that we haven't covered yet, but like exist in a world where like horror movies are the world essentially. Right. And then we have this where it acknowledges this world where horror movies exist and now there's this thing happening to these people from horror movies. Right. Um, So just another reason like i'm a big fan of meta stuff when mm-hmm. it's done well and well, oh, yeah
1: and it can like you said it can be done so many different ways right
0: and so i love seeing all the different ways that we can do it um great we get two killers we get the fan um who um is ends up being you know uh, what was his name um vicente Desanti from never hike alone they obviously make a, a make up a fictitious backstory for him here where as a kid basically his father like beat him and kept him in the basement. And he yeah, used... I really hope that's not his real yeah, story. Yeah, for real. Oh my god. Um, and he used, like his dad would basically leave him down there with VHS tapes and he would use Halloween and Friday the 13th movies as an escapism. Um, and now that he has gotten older, he carries that trauma with him and he takes out in violent ways. Um, he becomes He's become an obsessive fan to the point of violence. Um, and then our second killer uh, is... Uh, Judy Aronson, who plays herself, uh, she plays Samantha in Friday the 13th, uh, Final Chapter, and like her motive is she was making a movie? I guess?
1: She is bitter that these other stars from the movies have gotten more money and attention from being in Friday the 13th than
0: she has. Right. So So, she decides to make her own quote unquote movie.
1: Yes. Because she's not making enough from being a star from friday the 13th where these other um people who were in the movie were still profiting off of it got it yeah Uh,
0: because she makes
1: numerous comments about like oh well like you always have the long lines and you know stuff like this and like
0: she is also shown throughout the whole movie as being like a photographer on the side right and she's also a well, photographer for one of those... Uh,
1: yes! Oh, my God! So did you think of that, too? Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. Of. When Ryan and I went to Midsummer Scream, it was my first... Was it your first one?
0: It was both of ours. Yeah, it was yeah. both of
1: our first, like, horror cons of any kind. And, you know, the horror genre is, like... And, and not just movies, but, like, the horror... Like, the bigger picture of horror is a big
0: oh it's huge yeah big and it attracts like yeah attracts a lot of different people yeah there was a
1: lot of people there was like marilyn manson shirt so it was a bunch of booths of people selling things yeah
0: and there's stuff for like you know crypto creatures and stuff like that Yeah. so
1: all different kinds of (laughs) horror like and at that con were um why can't i think what they're called like scare rooms oh yeah yeah yeah
0: um now I'm blanking.
1: Experience. Oh my God! What are they called? Like when you go to like Universal Studios, yeah, like, fright uh, fests. It was like those type of things. Yeah. You walk into a room and they scare you on purpose. Like, you walk like into mini- haunted houses. Sure. Yeah, yeah, haunted house experiences.
0: Why are we not remembering the word? What anymore? are they
1: called? Anywho, scares, that-
0: scared, frights? haunts, 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 haunts. Yes. that's the word. There okay,
1: there was haunts there. So you know the big umbrella of horror. um Part of that big umbrella, which I was not aware of at the time, was uh yeah, the photographing of people
0: who are alive.
1: Who are alive to look like they're dead. And naked. And naked.
0: And that's where like Bill Mosley and Scout Taylor Compton were both there. Yeah. And we both we love both. Yes. Um, Bill Mosley is in everything. We you know, we actually um has its problems, but we like the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. Yes. Um so we, like, scouted Taylor like a lot. And we're like, oh, let's go see them. And yeah. then we were like, where are they? And one's like, gives us a booth number, right? We're like, okay, they're over here. And we walk over, and we're like, oh, they're posing with dead, naked women? And so, like, it was just very... It was an untapped source yes, for us.
1: It was out of our comfort zone yeah. that we weren't ready to tap into at right. that moment. So and, we did not go up to that. And I definitely
0: <laughs> noticed that, yeah, that in this movie, that's what she does. Yeah,
1: so that's what she does. She's making making those images that Ryan and I saw on that on that lovely day. We're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, yeah. that's a thing we did not know about.
0: Hey, yeah, I've said it before, I'll say it again. again. Yeah. I'm not here to yuck your No, yum, no, no
1: not yeah just,
0: we were shocked because yes. we didn't know it existed
1: no and it's just not something and but so, it was yeah. funny i
0: love that we both had that yeah like, like, hey, i was like thing. oh
1: yeah that's like that thing we saw at that booth that one time
0: uh, <laughs> it's like core memory <laughs> yeah um our arcanic our weapon is a knife uh different weapons are used throughout like he actually has like some he goes back and forth from having, like, themes and motifs. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, like, he carries around, like, basically, essentially, the big knife, like, from Scream. It's not a butcher knife. It looks more like the whatever Ghostface carries. Uh, we gotta ask Ben. Um, but, like, yeah, one of those big knives. That's,
1: like, a gutting knife, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's like, meant to, like, slice cleanly through a fish. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
0: no, I'm pretty sure you're right. It's a
1: gutting knife.
0: Uh, which makes sense, too. It's, like, a, it's a hunting tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we have just like we have two killers we have two final girls Mm -hmm. um you know like we mentioned we have d wallace and then we have our fictional kelsey Voorhees. um and you know d's their stories kind of intertwined in a pretty in a pretty neat like um like they tied up pretty well at the end it's like basically kelsey Voorhees is the fictional granddaughter of the real Deborah, uh, Deborah Voorhees, who like in the movie, Deborah Voorhees is her grandmother. She's there for one weekend, and she's murdered. She witnesses the murder, and like D Wallace basically is her surrogate grandmother. um And when these killings start happening, like you know, they end up at the end, obviously, because they're kind of intertwined in this whole thing that's been going on this entire time. Because it's thirteen years later. Yeah.
1: So that's the only thing I didn't wasn't super clear. Well, was it thirteen years?
0: It, it was it, like when it flashes to her it, at the I mean okay studio, that makes sense it says right years later so she was probably like 2021 20, yeah
1: okay so the actress playing um, Kelsey looks to be in her mid to late 30s yes and so I was having a really hard time trying to figure out
0: the timeline the
1: timeline because I was like well she was like 10 in the flashback. And then if our killer is in our mid to late 30s, how was he killing her grandma
0: and then killing her and trying then trying to kill her
1: and then trying to kill her 13 years later? So she's supposed to be a lot younger. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that that's makes more what sense. I got from it. Like, okay, that's what I was going to bring up because I was like cause I even how think, old
0: was he? I think somewhere I found she's listed as like seven or eight year old i think is what okay. i saw um, which would make her like 21 22 and then that could put him in his 30s okay. or 40s even because right. he, he you know in his 40s um okay yeah so d like uh, it ends up kind of like wrapping up because d's one of the last ones um and then also she has this like surrogate grandmothership to kelsey um and you know so like and in in the movie you know d's best friend is deborah so they're both kind of impacted by this murder um and it's weird the movie it really does like flip on you because like the first half is mostly kelsey yeah and then the last half is mostly yeah Um, kelsey shows up eventually and then they like kind of figure things out together um but like it's a lot of the emotional crux is on d for sure uh we get 11 kills in the movie um so it starts out in the past uh like we were saying it's you know uh there's like a voiceover about like fans going too far essentially and um we get uh we, we uh get this flashback and it's uh Deborah and you know she's telling D like oh I have this fan it just feels different it feels wrong and she's like no like you know like you know it's not you know how fans get blah 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 and like Deborah has her granddaughter up for the weekend. And uh, the killer shows up, and that's when we get like this—the kind of the kickoff of the whole thing—is the killer kills her, and like he, we get an establishment of like kind of how he works. Like he's very big into like cat and mouse stalking, mm-hmm. takes pictures of people, and then shows them pictures, um, like to let them know, like, hey, I I'm around you, I'm, right? I'm, I'm in your personal space. Fuck with I'm, him. Yeah, I'm here, somewhere I should not be, and I'm seeing you. And he kills. Uh, Deborah Voorhees right, in, like, not right in front of her, but, like, around the granddaughter. Um, and then we flashback, thir- or flash forward to, uh, um, 13 years forward. Oh, the, yeah, kills the ranch hand. That's, he shows up first, there's the ranch hand in the barn, and that, that first kill was pretty good, it's the pitchfork. Yeah. Um, right through the stomach. And then, even the, the Deborah Voorhees kill, I, I was, well, as I was watching, he sounds like seven times, so yeah. I was like, holy shit. Um, and then we flash forward um and that's when we get to this world where you know friday the 13th exists um kelsey stars in her own franchise which i should have wrote down now i can't remember what it was called but she's like the it's she's
1: like three yeah she's in filming. the third one um, yeah
0: but she she is like you know inherently tied to friday because of her relationship with d um so she's her last
1: name they make a point of that yeah just having the last name of Voorhees. and so
0: she's grown up in this fan circuit world she knows all the friday alumni like they're very close to her they like look out for her like especially d wallace and cj graham particularly are very close with her um and then yeah so The rest of the movie, like, there's not a lot of plot to dive into here, right? No. Like, it's it's really not that complicated. Like, it is a lot of just...
1: It's really just exactly... We find out that Kelsey's in her own franchise. She's filming it. And she's at a con. And we meet all of the characters because she's at the con. Right. And then people start dying. Right. And so they start coming together. Yeah.
0: People from the... That's the plot. Yeah, they're all at a con. The death of one of their friends is um is announced or not the death she's kidnapped and like there's a video uploaded yeah and vicente is making this movie called snuffed which is supposed to be a found footage horror film so no one knows if it's real or if he's like trying to promote the movie and so like no one can figure it out and it kind of kicks off like this whole like she goes to try to find her she goes she breaks into her house finds out like her cat's still there she's like there's no way she would leave her cat right um and while this is happening like we're kind of getting backstory on our killer because we find out he does with some of these people doesn't kill them immediately he takes them back and he kind of like tortures them because he's stuck in this like tormented in between of like i want to kill you but also i'm your biggest fan and i want you to love me because like i'm your biggest fan so just like show me attention like that's a big thing too that keeps yeah. coming up like just show me attention and like, yeah
1: or show me you care about these movies right yeah
0: um and so like he but he always ends up killing them um yeah so there's you know Vicente stabs someone in the head he guts someone off screen um there's this whole uh janitor scene this is when we get um he kill or when he kidnaps um Tracy Savage, mm-hmm. um, who's like a teacher in the movie. She's like a teacher of like forensic psychology, essentially, and like he, he like the big thing is like it's weird. He references Halloween, but also a lot of the well, a lot of the things he does are phone based, which made me think of Was, Ghostface a lot. Yeah, and then also even some of the ways he talked, uh-huh. especially because there's someone in this movie named Judy. Yeah, uh, and Tracy, and because of Scream Five with the name Judy. And, like, especially in Scream 5 and Scream 4. But, like, especially in Scream 5, the killer is like, but, like, I just, like, Scream 5 in particular, it's like, hello, Judy. And, like, there's a part of that in this. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that sounds a lot like it. But his voice in this is super goofy.
1: Yeah. It is funny. Like, when, like, with Ghostface, right, it makes sense because it's somebody you know and they're using a voice box. And that's very clearly, like, a whole thing about Ghostface. Right. Where, like,. our killer here just has like an amplified voice like somehow his voice is like echoing
0: yeah yeah it's yeah and it's also like he turns it into this yeah but it like echoes like bsa and so it's like interesting and like there are some things again like this is a movie um like where i think there's a lot of heart and like i think that you know it was a lot of friends making a movie together and deborah had this idea of like oh what if like one of our fans was actually psychotic right. which is very realistic for them right and so i think there's a lot of cool stuff in it and like good ideas but like there's also a lot of stuff like i man if your movie can't afford the budget take tech out of it yeah all the text message stuff drove me fucking nuts because, like, it's supposed to look yeah, like an iPhone, I, but it's, like, red and, like, square, and it looks, like, super funky and weird.
1: There was a few things in, like, the title <laughs> credits and stuff. There was a lot of the stuff that had to do with, like, a role of a graphic designer, which is funny looking at the poster and how well designed that was. Um, where I was like, ooh, like, that's wonky. Like, yeah, it definitely definitely, anything that they did on screen also, For sure. Did my like, drive look you great.
0: fucking crazy that D Walls' ringtone was the alarm notification uh-huh. on my phone? Okay,
1: so I'm watching it. Ben was asleep next to me. He woke up during the scene where she's in the house and her phone keeps going off. He woke up and looked at his phone on the charger and I was like, babe, it's in the movie and then because he's like half asleep then he's looking. Like, and he's like your phone and i'm like no babe it's <laughs> in the movie and then he just kind of like looks at me like half asleep and he's like what and i'm like it's it's not your phone it's it's in the movie the phone's ringing and vibrating in the movie and he's like oh and then just like literally falls like right back to sleep but it woke him up because yeah. he was like cuz it's the your exact phone. alarm yeah.
0: yeah and i was like every time i heard it I did like reach for my phone. Yeah, like like, oh, it's not my phone. No, Um, that was driving me fucking nuts. Yeah,
1: and the vibrating sound was very, very loud.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So like anything with tech stuff was like super threw me off. Um, They do some cool stuff though. You know, like we're introduced to her boyfriend, who's a pretty good red herring. We're introduced Mm -hmm. to Corey Feldman's character, who is like we know he's the red herring, uh, like from the get go. Yeah. Like this guy is not built enough uh, to be our killer. Her boyfriend is though. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, no,
1: the the boyfriend was a pretty convincing red herring until the mask fell out of his bag and then he asked you to sign it and it was like kind of weird about it. And I was like, well, and that's when I was like, well, maybe that's just like a disconnect that I miss that that mask is popular because I was like, why would you have this random mask right, that the yeah. killer's using? And then like later on, I was like, oh, I th- obviously because he's not the killer. I'm like, maybe that's supposed to be like what the mask is or another one. Again i'm totally with ryan there's so many parts of this movie that i'm just like loved all the ideas uh-huh. it's just the lack of whatever to execute it in a way yeah because like
0: even like the general conceit of the movie fan really like goes it. nuts starts killing people i personally would have loved it if they stayed at the con like if they had mm-hmm. just done it so the kills were happening over the weekend yeah, like one location on. yeah yeah i like, think that would have been super cool um
1: budget and, restrictions i'm right, sure budget restrictions yeah.
0: and there was some cool stuff like i do there's a part so one of the kill the next kill is um you know um kelsey is working on her movie and she's doing a fight choreography oh scene. super good yeah and she's supposed to it's a, a fake knife and like or it's supposed to be a fake knife and it got switched out for real one. so she ends up really murdering someone in the fight scene um which seems a little like on the nose right now well yeah which
1: is funny well it's not funny it's not funny at all but it's Interesting because that just happened in Hollywood, like, I mean, after this movie came out. So, again, like I said, there's a lot of like really poignant like commentary they're making that it's like, yeah,
0: yeah, no, but then there's like some goofy stuff because she does that, and then there's like nothing, right? Yeah, like she's just in her room, she's like, I killed a woman, yeah, and then like a day later, she's fine. I'm like, So there was so much of that with Kelsey's
1: character in specific. Yeah, Yeah. where she would, like, go from being, like, chill to being, like, really concerned and upset about a scenario to then, like, you see her in another scene and she's like, oh, okay, like, this is what we're doing now. And I'm like, wait, you should be distressed. Like, from now on, there should be nothing but distress going on with you. Like, even when she drives up to Dee's house, the power got cut, she's super concerned. And then she's, like, there in the morning, and she's, like, got the groceries, and she's like, stumbles upon Dee and, like, kind of scares her. And then she's, like, oh, ha, ha yeah, sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, there's some weird goofy stuff. And I was, stuff. like, wait, you guys are, like, why would you even be that casual? Why are you getting groceries? Like, And
0: there's also a lot of, like, weird, like, logic that gets thrown out the window. So, like, you know, uh, a no- Tiffany Helm is killed off screen. It's, like, reported that she's killed. Like, you know, there's, like, numerous alumni that are killed. Um... And like somewhere in the middle of this too, because they end up living, but there's a scene with Kane Hodder, and I can't remember the other actress's name, um, but she was also in the Friday movies, and they're like having a talk about, oh my god, like what's happening, and the killer attacks them, and they manage to survive. I think Kane Hodder, di- it doesn't say definitively if he dies or not. Um yeah. He's not listed on the kill count, but it seems like he could have died off screen. Yeah. Um, he ends up saving her, you know, because he's Kane fucking Hodder, so even though he gets stabbed, he's manages to like take her down from a new set has been like rung up in the yeah. house and that was another part of the movie inconsistency where the killer is like he literally has a speech about like how he has t- he has made up all the reasons like why he's going to kill you. And he's like, just as you took my breath away in so many movies, yeah. it's time for me to take away yours. And that's why he's hanging her and Kane saves her. And there's this really goofy scene where Kane's lying on her lap and like, he's dying, quote unquote dying. And they have like a fucking 10 minute long dialogue. And I'm like, okay, Kane, I think you're going to make it, dude. Like you're talking a lot. Um, but I was like, whatever, I don't care because like, yeah. it's campy and I love Kane. So like, I'm not yeah. going to complain about it. Um, but like yeah, I, mean, I
1: think inconsistency in tone was a big thing.
0: Yes, where yeah, it, it couldn't decide if being... it wants to be like really funny or actually scary. Yeah, and just not blending as well as maybe they hoped. Um, and then like yeah, there's the whole thing. So D is like obviously frightened. She has she knows someone has been in her house because she finds a lock of her hair. Yeah, they've cut a piece of her hair off. Yeah, she finds it in her sink, and her golden earrings are missing and she lives with ron sloan in this movie that's her like uh it doesn't say if it's her husband or like boyfriend or whatever but like they live together well enough that like her kids and grandkids know ron and he just like completely doesn't believe her Mm -hmm. like the power goes out all this weird shit happens she straight up says i saw the killer outside and like i just was so annoyed when he's like you're making things up i'm like dude like six of you have been murdered in two days right. i don't think it's actually that crazy for no. for her to be like Content. hey something's wrong oh the power's just out i'm like but also six of you died so like i think it's okay for her to put the grandkids in the safe room yeah that whole scene was like weird too because the grandkids were like cute Um uh, yeah. but like they show up and nothing happens they just right. get taken away yeah. Like the the kids show up, and they're like, Mom, I, you're crazy. Yeah, I
1: think that was the whole point of that is they're just trying to show that like history is gonna repeat itself. Right. Like nobody believed Deborah. Right. And now nobody's believing Dee. Right. Yeah. So even though it was that, just a really long way to go about yes. that. Yeah.
0: So even though that night though nothing happens, like Kelsey goes out there to stay with Dee because she's also convinced like okay it's gonna be like she's next. Mm-hmm. Um. And that kind of starts off like the long like. This movie felt like it could have ended, like, four times. Yeah. Uh, I told B like, I texted her, because she was, like, we were, like, figuring out how to watch it. And she's like, okay, I'm about to start. And I was like, it's long, 90 minutes. Because, like, it's only, it's 99 minutes long. But I was like, fuck, it felt like two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's just a lot of stop and go. There's a lot of parts where you're like, oh, this is, like, it felt like the climax. So many, that night, that one where where the grandkids are in the house. So, you know, big stakes on the line. And like D's there and it's nearing the anniversary of the death and all this stuff. And I'm like, and then they're like, and here's the next day. Nothing happened. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay. That was really weird. Yeah. And then there's like all this goofy shit. Basically Ron dies. He gets killed in his sleep while Kelsey's there.
1: And her boyfriend, and this is when they're really trying to convince you that it's the boyfriend right. because like he's not there when she wakes up in right. the morning. She and... wakes
0: up and was like, "Where are you?" Yeah, and like Kelsey, and so the cops show up, and then there's been this video left, and like someone has made it's the video of the killer killing Deborah, and in the background you can see Dee Wallace, mm-hmm. and so Kelsey's just like feeling completely betrayed. They take Dee in, they book her. They take her into the police station and then um there's this scene where kelsey's just driving down the road and she realizes or no she does this no that's a different that's a different epiphany she has this epiphany she goes in and watches the video she goes to the police station and is like look and like shows her that the woman d wallace has been superimposed into that from a photo and it's trying to cover up the true second killer so we know there's a second killer um and
1: well and also like i couldn't i love that they instantly watch that video and by seeing that d was there they're like oh you killed my grandma and i was like wait what how did you get to that conclusion from her being there witnessing it
0: well also like you quote you killed my grandma well, she's standing behind the person who actually That's what I'm murdered saying. your grandma. Yeah. That's so what like, I was like. She, so maybe weird. she conspired to right. kill your grandma, but she didn't kill your grandma. Or, what?
1: You lied. Like yeah. It was like, you killed my grandma. And I was like, wait, what? How did we come to that conclusion? Like, yeah. I thought we were going to come to the conclusion of like, d you lied that's weird why were you there
0: right why would you hide that that's yeah suspicious but it was like you murdered her i was like yeah oh. I and also
1: then they like... booked her and i was like wait what and then there's
0: this whole fucking goofy ass scene at the police station oh. where mike merriman yeah. shows up to really try to throw us off the trail he's wearing overalls covered in blood with a real machete yeah and he's the like mask. yeah and he was like coming because he was trying to pitch to d to be in the movie. Um and like what better way than to like show up in like super realistic and like you just you obviously know it's not him at this point. Right. Like, okay, you're not gonna yeah. throw it in our face.
1: And they're like, Yeah, it's human blood. I paid paid my buddy for yeah, it. Yeah, he's
0: like, I paid, I wanted to go all out and they're like, Yeah, we ran it in the forensics lab and it's human blood and then like it's like, Well it's not him. Um but D gets released because of the superimposed picture, they go back out to the house and this is where we have like our showdown. That night the killer shows up
1: Well, yeah, because they have Ron's funeral, so everybody shows up.
0: Right. Um, And they go out to the house, and, like, Kelsey Kelsey is there. Yeah, this, like, CJ Graham's there, Kelsey's there, like, everyone's there, and the killer shows up, and they get unmasked, and you find out it's uh, after he's killed two of the police officers. Um, One has a hatchet thrown into his stomach, the other one's stabbed in the head with a guarding hoe, and after he gets his mask, there's this big fight which is a really cool. Scene yeah, it's really cool. Vicente and C J Graham, um, mm-hmm. and that fight scene is really cool. And then right as he's about to kill C J, he gets shot by, um, Ju uh, yeah, by Judy, mm-hmm. and that's immediately when I knew Judy was the second killer. Um, oh really? Oh yeah. As soon as he was shot by Judy, I was like, yeah, she wants to shoot him so that he can't implicate her, um, especially then because it's like. Okay, everything's hunky dory now. Right, but we. Bye, C J. Yeah. Bye, Kelsey. Judy is gonna yeah. stay with D Wallace. Oh so yeah, I like, yeah. Oh, okay. So I
1: didn't know at the moment of the shooting, but then as soon as like the scene wrapped up, I'm like, oh well, she's the she's a second killer.
0: Right, and so like, cause we knew there was like, for a little bit, I was like, maybe maybe the boyfriend's the second killer and that would explain why some of the time he's gone but some of the right. time he's not yeah so this that whole sex scene too yeah we don't get any actual nudity in this movie but there's like distorted nudity because right. it's through a shower uh door um and so like there's a there's like a random sex scene um and i will say <laughs> like she wears like there's that scene in the bed and i was like Her underwear, like, I was like, this is damn near, like, a nude scene. Because, like, there's very little left of the imagination here. I know, and I
1: will apologize to the actress who plays her, because she looks way older in the movie for some reason. I just went to her Instagram, and she looks, like, a good 10 to 15 years younger. Uh, yeah, she totally does. So, she very well could be, like... Yeah, that
0: could just be, like... How they filmed it, yeah. The makeup, so the there's so many things.
1: For whatever reason, I thought she was way older in the movie than I think she actually is. So apologies to um, Haley Greenberg, you are a beautiful young woman and probably in your twenties. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I did appreciate though. There's not like gratuitous nudity no. in this. There's like implied. Um, but yeah, there's lots of scenes where you like, you're like, could it be the boyfriend? But then this was happening, and like, right. Um, yeah, and so. Then she has her second epiphany as Kelsey's driving away, and we realize that, um, that uh, Judy is our second killer. Uh, Judy has drug D. And, like
1: a couple different ways.
0: Yeah, she like drugs her, and then she also stabs her with a drug that she says will immobilize her body, but her nerves and her mind will be firing on hyper, like hyper firing or something i was like what the fuck she's like i need that just to watch movies you'll be super alert except for your body i was like okay and she shows her the movie where (laughs) this scene was so fucking goofy too where it's her and Vicente, and they have Tracy Savage tied up, and they have a drill, and they're like, we're going to ask you. Very
1: Scream-esque, too. You
0: know, very Scream, except in the sense they're like, we're going to ask you ten questions. I was like, ten questions? That's a lot of fucking questions. And, like, they keep asking her, and nothing happens. Like, I was like, does she just have to get one right? Because, like, she's answered, like, six oh, wrong. Or she has
1: to get a passing grade.
0: Yeah, well, she didn't. No. Um, she didn't know any of the questions, but also, I didn't know. I did, like, one. That was hard trivia. That was
1: very hard Friday trivia.
0: Yeah. Like, even as a Friday fan, I was like, I don't, I knew Pinehurst. Well, yeah. Because we play the game so much.
1: No, I know so, I know that game, or that franchise so much more intimately now because of, I play friday the 13th the video game a ton right and so i'm like oh yeah i know exactly and like Pinehurst, i know what they look like what the cabins look like mm-hmm. what yeah what all these things are called and but that was the only yeah.
0: question i knew yeah. i was like i don't fucking know any of these no. like who played jason before they cast the guy who played jason i'm like who the fuck knows that um, they do because uh,
1: they're real fans right because they're
0: quote unquote, right gatekeeper real fans yes um they are the worst kind of fans yeah. and so they drill into her skull um with a fucking drill and then yeah so right right as judy is about to kill um d kelsey shows
1: up. kelsey
0: shows up because she's had her epiphany and turn around on the road because she realizes that the picture she saw superimposed You could still see the arm of the killer, and the arm of the killer was wearing the bracelet that Judy was wearing in a photo from the con. Because she took the selfie. Because she took a selfie, yep. So she turns around, they have a brief little skirmish. I actually appreciated that Judy didn't put up much of a fight because like, it shows the whole movie Kelsey is a trained MMA fighter. That's
1: what I also really like too, and I was going to point out that... No, she's obviously like if you watch a grandma get killed. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, like you're gonna make this person like be able to fight and have like legit
0: skills. Yeah, which she
1: does and showcases, which I really like. There's
0: like even a part in the movie where Mike Merriman's like, I have all of your cage fights on tape, and I was like, oh, she's a fucking cage fighter, and she does like she yeah she holds her own very well. Anytime she has a fight scene. And so she, like, it's not even a question. She, like, beats the shit out of Judy, and then yeah. she stabs her. But, like, then the movie, like, literally ends. It's like she stabs her, and it's like, yeah.
1: over! So that's the thing, too. It's like, I don't know what they, because they did this weird shot where they, like, show D. Yeah. And then they show Kelsey's expression in, like, one of the shards of glass that she's used. I'm like, wait, am I supposed to get something from that that I missed? I don't think so. You don't think they're trying to tell us something? I don't
0: think so. I really think that they're, like, this looks cool.
1: Okay. Because, like... Like, at first, I'm like, is she smirking? Like, is it supposed to be, like, oh, yeah, I'm a killer? Like,
0: Because there's nothing about Kelsey that made me think, like, that she would be a killer, that she no. has psychotic tendencies.
1: That's like, why I was like, wait, I don't understand what this, like, ending choice was. Yeah, no, I
0: think they were like, this is a cool-looking shot. Yeah? Um. So they were like, there we go. Okay. And, and then the movie, it was, like, over. Yeah. Um, like, and then that was it. Yeah. Um, so it's weird, because you get some resolution stuff, like... You get resolution, because Kelsey, like, has avenged her grandmother. Dee has lived through all this trauma and, like, survived. But, like, you don't see any payoff from it, because the movie ends immediately. Right. Um.
1: Yeah, we don't get, like, our classic, oh. like, cops show up, like, right as everything's over. And Not even, like, a one-liner. There. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh, the movie's over. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot recently, how we feel with movies, about like, we watch a movie and it's like, you could have cut 15 minutes. And like this movie has a lot of that yeah like there's so many scenes like there was so much stuff with the classroom scene where i was like we don't need all this no um like weird stuff with him like dragging the body out no it just needed tighter editing for sure the mattress out of the room oh when they come and take ron's body and it shows them taking the mattress out of the room like why like why are we seeing all this yeah yeah, um, what is this
1: adding to the to the plot and your like feelings?
0: Yeah, so like I said, you know, like I told you at the beginning of the show, like I'm gonna say, like, the movie has a lot of heart in it, has a lot of passion. Like, it's definitely a passion project. I really appreciated everyone. You can tell everyone's like, stoked to see each other and like, there to have fun. But it, and like, it has some really cool ideas, um, but it just makes some really goofy choices.
1: Yeah, I think it's almost the opposite of. Um laid to rest, which mm. we just covered, where so much of that movie like worked because it had really cool kills, right. and like we ended up liking it even though it was sort of this like low budget fair with like not the best acting like a couple of the actors really stole the stole the show. Right. We didn't really love the final girl, like the killer was pretty cool, like it had that stuff, but like it was like lacking in any kind of like real like originality where this one i feel like we're having the opposite problem where like really cool like besides like a lot of the weird see like goofy stuff that could have been cut and like some of the tone issues all in all like the the characters, the plot, like the storyline, like all of that's good.
0: Yeah, even the like, idea of the killer. The idea of the, the killer. Just goes too like far. everything
1: about this movie, I'm like, yeah, that's good. It's just the execution just wasn't there. Which right.
0: I wish happens. they had leaned into one or the other harder. Yes. I wish they had either, le- either leaned hard into camp. And made it like a Friday movie right. or leaned hard into like Savage Killer.
1: Yeah, like Most Likely to Die, right? A very similar probably budget and level yeah, to this actually, movie. Yeah, actually Most Likely to Die yeah.
0: reminds me a lot of this movie in a lot of ways. Like, Because like, Most Likely to Die, you look at, if you watch that movie, you're like, this is camp. But it plays it very seriously. Right. But because it does that the whole movie through, yeah. other than, who is it?
1: A oh, whole, Gary Busey. Jake Busey's Jake Busey, weird Busey, yeah. fucking
0: character in that movie. Yeah. I'm glad you knew exactly what yes. I was talking about. Other than that, though, that whole movie plays it very straight, yeah. very, like, um, brutal, like, the kills yeah. are savage, but there's still this camp to it. I wish this had, like, done one or the yeah. other. Yeah,
1: like I said, it's just a big, I think, yeah, the biggest takeaway of this is, like, the tone just fell off, where you just, like, were kind of going. And then, you know, it, it didn't really get, like me hooked and that interested i was like oh, okay like i was just like chugging along like oh cool like there's that character it wasn't until like we got to d's like yeah. storyline that i became like i cared and i really invested and then i was like oh okay like this is interesting right. um
0: for a long time it's just like a cameo fest right yeah
1: yeah
0: um oh god like that movie did you ever watch that horror movie that was the expendables of horror
1: um i don't think so oh it's
0: no sorry to that movie but it's so bad um i'm pretty it's like one of it's like gutter hansen's last role i think or one of the big ones one of their last roles and i was like michael Berryman, one of those guys and i was like fuck this is so bad um favorite kill i would have to go with i probably like just the first one um the pitchfork kill it reminded me the most of friday i loved that it like kind of very much immediately like you always say, set the tone of like, all right, this is a savage killer. Like he, he's obviously in love with the Friday movies because it's straight from Friday Three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say that one was like the best one. A lot of these kills are off screen, actually. Um, a lot of them get like just announced. Even.
1: Right. Um, I think my favorite kill was the janitor death. Uh, oh yeah. Um, Yeah, I thought that was cool, and then I thought it was like a cool after shot, but I do think like what we actually saw was cool too, like in the moment, Um, and it was like a random character, so it's not really something that needed to be done, Um, but it was just showing like yeah, like you said, sort of, like, the savageness of these guys. Yeah, colors. I enjoyed that, because c- so he,
0: ta- like, he just takes them up, breaks it, yeah. and stabs it through his head. Yeah, just, just which like...
1: felt very Jason. Oh, super Yeah, ja-
0: yeah it's just, I, I'm going to work with what I have. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So, no, I like that one for sure, because, yeah, again, like, they even make comments, like, well, I saved you once, Kelsey, like, where they really are just coming after their, the, pe- their, the people they're fans of, and so it was cool to see them kill just, like, a random yeah. A rando and yeah. in a cool way. Um, oh my god! I had a favorite quote and I totally forgot to write it down. Oh my god!
0: There were some good ones and I also forgot. Yeah. When to this, I was like, oh shit! There were a couple I liked and
1: I Yeah, one of them I th- you already mentioned it where um, the killer does that whole line about like oh, yeah. the breath you took my stuff. The way, yeah, so not, that was good. And minor. then he had another one that I liked. Um,
0: yeah, our killer had some good one-liners, some good singers.
1: But I think yeah, one of my favorite lines was about. Uh, Judy, when she makes some comment about photographing the girl to look dead, she says something about it. Oh,
0: she does say something. Yeah.
1: And I was like, okay, that's good. Like, I liked that.
0: Yeah. I forget what you're saying. I forget what she said. You
1: make such a pretty, like, dead girl or something. Yeah. Yeah. She's
0: like, oh, you make such a pretty dead girl. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And Um, I was like,
1: okay, that's good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, this movie is like, here's the thing. Like, I know we were kind of ragged on it. Like, it's worth one watch. Yeah, especially just to support the crew. Right, um, it's cool to see all your favorites from back in the day, and like there, there is a lot of like good. The bones are good, right? It's right. just like budget and like also these are people who are act like you know actors who are who haven't acted in a long time or who are writing and directing a movie, so it's something new to them. Um, D. Wallace is fucking great in it. Well, uh, and
1: also like. This could have easily been probably a better short, right? Oh, yeah. And so, um, I think fighting off a full length mm-hmm. film is a lot. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah, like Ray said, I mean, I think it's cool. I really support anybody wanting to like do any kind of project like this. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who have a lot of fun with it. I, like, got more than I thought I was going to, for sure. But, yeah, it's definitely not something, like, I'm going to be like, hey, yeah, let's throw this on. Like, no, no, not at all. It's just not, it's just not to that level. And, I I mean, I don't necessarily think that they thought it was going to be, you know, that's, I I don't really think that was the purpose of this film. They made it for fun. And they ironically made it for the fans, right? Right, like yes. this is for people who love Friday the Thirteenth, and it's fun to see these characters all together.
0: Yeah, um, there's like no position in the horror landscape. No, I don't see it talked about. I mean, I bit, we barely we didn't even know it came out. Ben no. found it on Amazon trailers. Yeah, like that's the only reason we even knew it existed because he was yeah. browsing through trying to find something for us to watch and like came across it. So, yeah,
1: and so yeah, I mean, for sure, like for us, like we haven't been like in the in the scene lately um and so maybe some of y'all like saw people talking about it but
0: i i know for sure i saw like maybe a mention like probably when us now it's like oh look at all these right friday alum yeah or like you know i follow
1: kane on twitter like i'm sure he posted about it but yeah
0: um this is our 85th movie so if you go to keepscreaming.com slash the dash list, you can find our list of every movie that we have covered, um, which we rank uh, according to how well it works as a slasher. Um, this movie, or our number one movie, is Nightmare on Elm Street from 84, followed by My Bloody Valentine from 81. At the bottom of the list, we have both April Fool's Days and Girls' Night Out.
1: Right. So we'll start off, I mean, Blueprint, pretty much there, right? So we've got... Yeah,
0: it's Blueprint. It's just yeah. like a boring
1: yes you know we've we got have... familiar ties flash forward we've got uh we have two
0: final girls we have a themed killer
1: a who whodunit
0: yeah who whodunit the who is not very good because like you couldn't have guessed that ever. no no like uh, the, especially the superimposing of the picture and her getting off the bracelet I'm like no what but i was yeah. like okay
1: yeah yeah, it's a whodunit that, like, but I feel like that's a lot of whodunits. It's like, okay, I did not have enough information about these oh, characters for sure. to yeah. be able to Very tell you. Very rarely can I actually yeah. piece them together. Yeah. Um, You know, so really, it's it's following the structure just like the Friday the 13th movie does and do just as they should. Yeah. Um, is it doing anything new? Is it doing anything different? No.
0: It tries. Um, it, it does. It has, like, some cool stuff. It's just, like like we said, you know, budgetary constraints and yeah. a lot of first-timers. And...
1: Yeah, and it's a meta film that it's rare. Most of our meta films that end up ranking high, they rank high because they have brought something new to right. the slasher genre. Where this is a meta slasher that just really digs into the fact that it is...
0: In our world.
1: In our world. And, like to also, to its credit, commenting on a franchise that is in the midst of one of the messiest legal battles Yeah. Uh, that they couldn't really hone into. Yeah. Um, you know, they can't have any scenery, any mood, like nothing from the, the OG series, which I definitely think hindered it for sure. Um, I think if they could have leaned into more our real world Friday the 13th, um, it could have benefited it as well um oh god i know what? this
0: sounds really bad but like this movie reminds me a lot of i still know what you did last summer
1: oh yeah i can see that
0: where it has a lot of the bones right but, like not the execution but the then it, yeah
1: completely like just doesn't do anything right, with that blue we have
0: part. ties into the background or like the, the past and i still know we we definitely have like the tropey characters, multiple red herrings. Oh God, um, so many in that yeah. one. That movie um, is
1: such a disaster.
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of like automatically looking already around there. Yeah. And that kind of fits the area. I mean, it, it's more. <laughs> I do think it's more of a slasher than Dream Home, for sure. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe actually it, it could be a little higher.
1: Yeah, more than Game Over too. Yeah, and
0: more than Alice Sweet Alice. Alice is so Giallo like proto. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, but then you know, here he knows you're alone.
0: Right. That's is this is kind of a yeah. yeah. That's a good like uh, good little area. area. Because you know he knows you're alone. Does totally a lot of the same off. things. Off. Yeah. It's, I, the blueprint is steadfastly there. Yeah. Um, whereas we don't get a very interesting final girl um, or a killer, and he knows you're alone. You know, we mm-hmm. get those few standout moments. I'd say maybe above. He knows you're alone. Yeah. But below I think terror so. train. Yes. Yeah, because terror train. We love our final girl. The theme is more clear cut and cooler. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm comfortable with that there. So yeah, we'll put it at that was one of the easiest decisions we made in a long time.
1: I think it helps that we just covered he knows you're alone.
0: Right. Yeah. And I'm looking at these other ones like her and possible masker and like they are like weird, but they all do, do sort something. of similar things.
1: Yeah. Or add something or add something right
0: that's what i keep thinking yeah. about too yeah um
1: or like dark ride which is like pretty strict blue but it executes it better oh yeah i mean it, that's yeah. a reality And we
0: have a theme killer who six yeah. of the themes and yeah. like yeah this again this one i think suffers from inconsistency right um cool this so is tone issues 13 fanboy is our new number 59 look at that um, and then what was the movie we were gonna cover? Because that will be the one we're actually covering. It's oh, it's 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 tourist trap. That's what it was. That's why you thought it was Motel Hall, because it's an older one. Because I think tourist trap is kind of kicking off our summer months.
1: Oh, I think I haven't date in here. I'll pull it up in just one second. Um, um, happy Friday the 13th. We only get one this year.
0: Yeah, so, you know, if you guys go out and get tattoos, get fun tattoos, um, watch a Friday movie or something Friday adjacent, you know, so uh, you could watch 13 Fanboy. You could watch The Burning, uh, which you probably should if you haven't, because The is one of the best slasher movies ever made. Um, still ranks at number 9 on our list. Still in our top 10, and I think that was, like, one of the first two movies we ever did. Yeah, it's like the first five it's one of the very first movies we ever covered um or watch the final girls uh, just watch try to watch something watch one of those uh you know friday adjacent movies sleep camp i guess if you really want to want to
1: i guess tourist trap is what we are covering next
0: we're covering nightmare beach oh i'm so excited <sighs>
1: i like how you act so surprised even though you helped pick out these movies yeah we're well, i forgot.
0: um i know
1: aren't y'all so proud of us map yeah. out a whole we did season. a whole calendar year yeah. yeah
0: i know i'm really um i'm very proud of us look at us growing um cool so we'll be back in two weeks with tourist trap and now you know we're going to cover nightmare beach too so if you want to <laughs> jump ahead and until then keep screaming